2: Or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You Always follow the money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VCN.
3: Welcome aboard. It is Follow the Money. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. We'll talk college football. With Brad Powers coming up in 30 minutes right now to lead off this hour, Nigel Seeley joins the program talking some soccer, best bets in, uh, well, football. He's on vacation in Greece. yet taking some time to join us today. He's been examining all these leagues. Uh, good morning, mate. How you been?
4: Very well, guys. How are you? Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting to you. I haven't spoken to you for a couple of weeks. That dreaded international break, the worst thing you can ever have at the start of a new season. So four four games in, I'll tell you what, we'll have an international break. They've had international breaks for months. What's the point of that when the season gets no, going? But good to have the Premier League back and uh, looking forward to some action picks at the moment, yeah.
3: Okay, let's begin here then uh, with a team that you called basically addition by subtraction the last time that you were on with us. Tottenham takes on Sheffield United here. They're a gigantic favorite, but what is your approach to this match, Nigel?
4: Well, let's just just, just give you a couple of things we need to to clear up this week in the Premier League to give you sort of some idea. Uh, Overs bettors have been cashing every week in the Mm -hmm. Premier League so far. And there may be a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction. that Everyone thinks we should be betting overs. But it happens every season at this time of year. So don't suddenly just jump onto the overs train thinking you're going to cash. And when we get to November, December, where the weather changes in the UK, then obviously the unders come in again. So it's it's a trend that we see. So it's not really as high as that the the betting public will lead you to believe. The other thing we've got to remember here now is we've just come back from an international week. So a lot of the big clubs in English football have had 14, maybe 15 players. Liverpool and Tottenham had 13 and 14 players respectively play all over the world in international matches. So that's an important factor when they return to their clubs for matches this weekend. And also it's the return of the Champions League in midweek and also the return of the Europa League. Now that is more important for me. Teams that have big matches in the Champions League may be looking at resting players. Manchester United this weekend it's a very difficult match against Brighton. And then in midweek, they have to go to Bayern Munich to face Harry Kane in a massive match. So that is significant play. So that's a couple of things you have to, uh, to consider. So let's talk about Tottenham against Sheffield United, two clubs that don't have anything to really worry about in European football whatsoever. Tottenham do had, did have a lot of players returning from the international break, which isn't ideal. But Tottenham under the new manager and with their life without Harry Kane have really surprised me. Harry Kane has been such an important figure for Tottenham. He was the catalyst for all their good play. He scored 60% of their goals. He was the the captain in the absence of uh, Hugo Lloris as well when he didn't play. And um, everyone expected Tottenham to struggle without Harry Kane. It's had an opposite effect. Players who who were in the shadow of Harry Kane have come out and played exceptionally well. Son scored a hat-trick last week, and he's thriving in that position as the main man. They brought in James Madison. A guy from Leicester who, who, was, who was a brilliant football player has turned out to be probably one of the signings of the Premier League all season. And the, the combination that he has formed with Son has made them a very formidable side. And Tottenham fans this season, after years of having problems, I don't think they're going to win the league, but they've been boring to watch. They've been dull. They've been relying on a Harry Kane penalty or a Harry Kane free kick. Suddenly, they're playing some really, really attacking attractive football every single one of Tottenham's matches this season they've scored at least two goals they scored five in their last match and they're a club team full of confidence and like I have Sheffield United side who I've already said I think will get relegated I still think Sheffield United will finish bottom uh, behind Luton I think Luton will struggle but I think Sheffield United will struggle as well they did score two goals in a 2-2 draw against Everton but Everton are equally as poor as, as them as well so um, I don't think we're going to get carried away from that match. I think this is going to be a very one-sided match. They're a very heavy favourite, as you said, Tottenham. But I think Tottenham minus one and a half here, so to win by two goals or more. And when you consider that Tottenham scored at, two, at least two goals in every one of their matches this season in the Premier League, I think they'll continue that run against a very, very poor Sheffield United side. And I don't see Sheffield United scoring. So a very comprehensive win. The Tottenham, Tottenham minus one and a half. My first pick at minus one
5: thirty. That's a Saturday morning. Also, Aston Villa takes on Crystal Palace. Maybe a bit of a surprise. They're both top ten in the table. What do you think of Aston Villa?
4: Well, what I've made of Aston Villa this so far this season, they're a little bit like flat track bullies. I think they're a side that will beat the teams in the bottom half of the table, but I think when they and beat them well, and when they play teams at the top half of the table. I think they'll struggle. I think they 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 are some sort. Don't really know where they are. They're in that sort of six or seven position. They're not good enough to break in the Champions League, and they're too good for the for the bottom half. So I think when they're at home against teams who you would expect to finish mid-table to and lower, I think they're a good bet, especially at a the price they are now. They're minus one ten against Crystal Palace. Um, they're only two losses this season. Aston Villa so far in the early part of being against two teams that you would expect to be competing for Champions League. Liverpool. And Newcastle, when they've been playing teams at the bottom, Burnley last week, or last time they played, they put they won it very easily. They're two home matches this season, they've won 3-0 and 4-0. That's the villain. They beat Burnley 4-0. They beat Hibernian in the Europa League 3-0. So their home form is strong. And when they're up against weaker opposition, they seem to uh, to go all out and attack more. And they play with no fear. Unai Henry, their manager, is a manager who likes to play with a very attack-minded football. I would expect goals here because Crystal Palace this season have been playing some attractive football as well. But I think the majority of the goals will come for the home club. And I think the Villa here at minus 110 probably present a little bit of value. Uh, My only slight concern is that Villa play in the Europa League on Thursday. And their manager, Emery, has a brilliant record in the Europa League. He's won it several times with Seville. And every club he goes to, he takes that competition very, very seriously. So that might be uh, be on their mind, but I think they'll be too strong at home against Crystal Palace. And I think it's better a side to really get with in home matches against bottom half sides. Against the top half sides, I think they, they could be turned over and turned yeah. over quite comfortably, but against the bottom half sides, I think they're too strong.
5: Follow the money, Pauling and Mitch on the Sports Betting Network. Nigel Seeley, our guest. Great follow on Twitter at Seeley underscore Nigel. Always traveling in Greece now. Uh, lower leagues coming up in a second. How about Monday? One more Nottingham Forest against Burnley.
4: Yeah, I like Nottingham Forest here. I mean, there's been a move for Burnley. There was a move for Burnley last week against Aston Villa and they lost 4-0. I think the big syndicates have suddenly looked at Burnley and think they're a side that uh, could be underrated and could get a big win. But what I've seen from them so far, I I can't see that. They won the championship with ease last last season. But their start of the season has been tough. They played Manchester City, they played uh, Tottenham and they played um, Aston Villa. So it's a tough start for them. And now they play to Nottingham Forest and it's a side that they may expect to win. But Nottingham Forest last season in the Premier League had the best home record in the bottom half of the table. An exceptional home record. Their away away record was terrible. They only won one match. And that was the worst record in the Premier League. So their home record got them out of trouble. If they couldn't get better on the road, I thought there could be a side that this season finished in the top 10 rather than the bottom. I've always thought that Nottingham Forest at home are a formidable side to beat. They've only ever got beaten by the big clubs in the Premier League, and last week they got that really big win away at Chelsea. Or last time in the, in two weeks ago in the, in the Premier League, they got that big win against Chelsea. And I think that galvanises them. I think they, they, that's probably their biggest win since they returned from the Premier League, because they've terrible on the road. They're really strong at home, and they play a burning side that have lost every single match so far in the Premier League. And the line, the line on the money line on Forest is getting bigger and bigger every time I see. Um, earlier in the week, it was minus 110, then it went out to evens, then it was plus 110, and this morning, it's now plus 115. Mm. There is a negativity around Nottingham Forest, and I'm not quite sure why. Um, I think they're a really good side, and I think the syndicates, the big-band syndicates from the Asian lines, have uh, got a big fancy for Burnley so far in the early markets. And they, they, I wouldn't really follow the money in now because you know, the early part of the season is when you, you can form your own opinion. And I think Nottingham Forest here at plus 115 is is too big.
5: Okay. How about a couple of plays on the lower leagues? Give us one in the championship and one in league one, please.
4: I'm going to go for Norwich to win at home against Stoke. Uh, Norwich are the highest scorers in the championship this season. They've got goals all over the pitch. If you look at the top goal scorers in the championship, if you look at the top lists, uh, the top 20 goal scorers, five players from Norwich feature in the top 20. That shows you they've got goals all over the pitch. Uh, they've got the top goal scorer in the division. They've got uh, Josh Chargent, the the American who plays them as well. Unfortunately, he's not playing this weekend, but I think they'll be too strong for Stoke, who are a mid to low table Championship side, uh, a club that have had problems on the road. They haven't they haven't scored on the road this season, and against the team that are the high scorers in the Championship. Admittedly, Norwich did lose their last match, which was a two one de- defeat at a lowly club in Rotherham. Um, I I can, can forgive them for that result, and I think. With the goals that they have in the team, I think they're going to have goal threats going to get them through. And I think at minus, around about minus 110, I think they're a decent bet to beat Stoke. And in League One, I'm going to go for Lincoln. Uh, Lincoln are managed by a former Liverpool uh, winger called Mark Kennedy, a for Ireland. Lincoln are an unfashionable club, but they've started the season really, really well. Mark Kennedy was a rookie boss last season. Everyone expected him to, to do poorly and didn't expect him to last the season. But he did really well with, Hardly any money to spend. Uh, This season, they've started off really well. In eight matches, they've only lost once, and that was on the opening day of the season against Bolton, who were the team of the favourites to win League One. And they play a Carlisle side, who were promoted from League Two last campaign. It was a surprise that they got promoted because they didn't have any budget. Uh, They haven't started life in the higher division that well. And I think Lincoln in League One are a side that are currently underrated on what I've seen so far. On my ratings, I would make them a lot stronger than, I think they're about plus 110, I believe, Lincoln. I, I, think, I think they're a lot stronger than that. I would have them down about minus 125 to win this match, or anything around about even money, uh, I would play. So Lincoln to beat Carlisle in League One in England, Norwich to beat Stoke in the Championship, and in the Premier League, I'm going to go for Aston Villa, uh, Tottenham minus one and a half, and Nottingham Forest, But they're getting bigger and bigger as the game approaches. Rates for Monday you might even get a bigger price when they're at home to uh, Burnley.
3: Very good. Uh, Awesome dynamite analysis, as always. Continue uh, to have a great vacation. Thanks for the time, as always, Nigel.
4: Take care, guys. All the best.
3: Yeah, best of luck this weekend. There you go. He's on Twitter, at Sealy underscore Nigel. Uh, Go check him out. Follow him there. Great follow as well. And uh, the analysis, superb when it comes to uh, this sport. Up next, a Thursday night football betting preview. Both teams have been impacted by injuries. And a head coach admitted one of his players needs more touches. Tell you who that is coming up on follow the money. It's visa. The sports betting network.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal. Unlike any other.
5: got to get juice reel get it in the app store r-e-e-l it's not a sports book a tool to help you beat the books juice reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app loads all your betting history and gives you an edge backed by nearly one billion in bets from bettors in all 50 states use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers don't place another bet until you've downloaded this great sports betting tool juice reel r-e-e-l absolutely free download juice reel now
3: Thursday night football tonight. Good game. Big game, I would say, already, because the Vikings can drop to 0-2. Or do the Phillies, uh, do the Eagles struggle yet again? I thought they struggled big time last week against the Patriots. Um, Sixes are out there. Six and a halves as well. Shop around for sure. This, again, number touched eight earlier in the week. Dropped down to seven and a half. Then the key number of seven. Then below that key number of seven. And this is where we are sitting at right now, again, with sixes and six and a halves
5: available. Vikings blew that game last week. No doubt. Totally, totally gave that game away. No question. Interception inside the 10, turnover inside the 20, fumbled back deep in their own territory.
3: Yep. So there's a little desperation, I think, to the Vikings already. Will it matter? Maybe not, because Kirk Cousins is awful in these games. And the Vikings overall, I like what we said earlier, as somebody who has followed this team for pretty much your entire life, this is a game they never win. Doesn't matter who the coach is, doesn't matter who the quarterback is,
5: and Kirk Cousins simply cannot be trusted in big games. Sorry, right. primetime games. 2-16 and 16 straight up in primetime versus teams with a winning record. It's brutal. They uh, are 0-6 on the road ATS in their last six road openers. Couldn't run the ball last week, and uh, certainly you lose to Tampa. That's embarrassing. And now you also – yes, the Eagles won, but they didn't play well. So – you know, they're going to get a big effort from the Eagles tonight. But the concerns you have for both sides is all the injuries here. No doubt. And and Philly, which we've talked about with, you know, Cox is questionable. And, and Dean's already hurt. But you don't have Bradbury as well. So, again, Hawkinson should have a big game for the Vikings. Can Philly contain Jefferson again? And Slay did a great job last year in the 24-7 win. He only had six for 48. Jefferson did go off in the win against Tampa, in the loss against Tampa, but a big game. Addison had the long touchdown reception, but it's a tough game. But I certainly think Philly, with a lot of things to clean up and fix offensively, and they will do that uh, tonight and moving forward. Plus, we again, New England might have a top-five defense. Yep. And you had bad weather, too, Sunday.
3: Yeah, and we're going to get this uh, throughout the day. We already are. Uh, I'm, I'll put it uh, bluntly here. I'm not going to answer your question about Survivor one way or the other. Like, yes, no, you have to take this team. That decision comes down to you. I will tell you that when it comes to this game, earlier in the week, I'm talking Sunday night, when you're looking ahead to week two and Survivor, the Eagles were that they were the team I wanted to play because I want to avoid the Bills because I think everybody's going to be on Buffalo this week. So I kind of want to try to avoid Buffalo at home out, off of a loss to the Raiders. This was the then shifting from Buffalo. This is the game that I targeted. But because of the injuries, I'm not going to have a flyer. I'm not taking the, the Phillies tonight. The Eagles, I keep calling them the Phillies. Why do I do that? I'm not taking the Eagles t- uh, tonight in Survivor. Okay. I just, I'm not going to do it because, again, this, although I don't trust Kirk Cousins in a Survivor play, no thank you when they have one guy who's out who was wearing the, the green dot last week. They have two guys in the secondary who are out. And this could be something where what if the offensive line plays over their skis they protect that Eagles front seven, and they're able to get Kirk some time. He should absolutely be able to exploit the secondary. This is not the same defensive unit from top to bottom that we saw last year with Philadelphia.
5: How confident are you we will have time? Would Shaw hurt? Huge and, question. And Bradbury, the center, is already out. Not, not extremely confident. He can't move. No. And that, and that and,
3: guy loves to get rid of the ball early, too. Yep. And so... What, what is the strength, though, of this team? It doesn't matter if the secondary is healthy or not. The strength would be the guys up front for the, uh, for the Eagles. And you saw it again week one, the impact that the rookie, Jalen Carter, had and how he slipped that far in the draft. And, you know, we, at the time, people were saying, boy, this is a whiff by other teams. Yeah, it, it felt like it on draft night. And it certainly felt like it after mm-hmm. one week as well. I mean, he was the number one prospect in the draft. If you go back months before... The event actually got there. And then he's great. Davis is, you know, unblockable at times. Cox got banged up. But yep. look at the depth overall. Those two guys, Cox, Graham, Reddick, Sweat, they can just keep rotating like they did last year on the defensive line and be a menace to any team that they face. And so if there's no Derisaw tonight, then my answer, long, long answer here is I don't have a lot of confidence.
5: Adam Chernoff likes the over. Uh, I know many people have said their Vikings are going to be involved in a lot of high-scoring games. Uh, Flores will gamble Flores will do an excellent job with this defense they were 31st last year uh, he blitzed 48 percent of the time in week one Thanks against Tampa more of that tonight I also think it helps uh I mean I, I think it, it hurts Minnesota but also looks good from a defensive standpoint that Baker Mayfield came out along with White and said they knew their signals they well, just couldn't move the ball so can you clean that up and fix it though in a couple of days too that, that's an interesting point right. that you brought up, the yeah. fact that school's out on that. Yeah. So that's intriguing. And again, when you go
3: back and look at week one, which players on the Buccaneers defense had a good game? Per pro football focus, Vita Veya and David White graded out really, really well against that uh, Vikings front. And then when it comes down to Jefferson against the banged-up secondary, again, not a great game for him last year in week two. He had 12 targets, only six catches, only 48 yards, And I went back and looked at the game log. Now, I know the Patriots went nuts last week. And and Jones eventually had a good game. They were down 16-0, had to throw the ball to get back in. But he was able to do that um, in that game. Last year, only like three guys, three who I would call like number one receivers, had a good game against this uh, Eagles team. It was CeeDee Lamb. He had 10 for 120 and two touchdowns. That was the game in which uh, Minshew played, Hertz was out, and it was a shootout. Terry McLaurin uh, had two good games. He had six for 102 and eight for 128, and Hollywood Brown had eight for 78 and a touchdown. And I I think that, uh, you know, from a narrative standpoint, Jefferson knew that it did not go well for him last year, and there was a lot of trash talk between J.J. and uh, Darius Slay. And I think they make it a point to get him um, a good game tonight. And the same thing with Hawkinson, based on what Henry did last week. But here is, um, in terms of the Eagles' backfield, with no Kenneth Gainwell tonight, like, who's it going to be? Week one was impossible to figure out in terms of a fantasy standpoint. Sirianni said after the game on Sunday that he can picture DeAndre Swift playing the uh, role of the lead back, and he added that Swift has to get more than two touches in the game. Like, why would you bring this guy in in the offseason and Penny and then Gainwell's going to go out there and be number one when it comes to rushing the football and the number one target throwing to. But you brought in Swift, two, two touches. They knew that they know that they, they have to get that guy more usage here in this game. He's a good weapon. He's also
5: injury prone. Yep. yep. How about largest lead over under 16 and a half? And longest touchdown, 40 and a half yards. You, you want to go do under on both? There? I do. Yes, I do. Are you going to? Probably. And I'll probably lose uh how it's going but that uh funky stuff has been going on the last couple of weeks with a lot of these props um but there were people right away who liked Gallard, uh, dallas goddard this week yes he was visibly frustrated in the win and i think they'll uh sirianni will feed him early on as well the other thing is what do you want to do with you know with with their, you know with smith and brown you mentioned what we have vsun.com with the write-up on brown 72 and a half smith 62 and a half with uh, what they're going to do through the air, and Hurts is two fifty one and a half for passing yards. It's I think a, they'll have. A, I think they'll have success throwing it on him. That's a big number to get to.
3: Yeah. Again, this this for was Hertz, yeah. This was in the uh, newsletter today from uh, Jason Lattice. Hurts with that number at two fifty one and a half. He's seventeen and eight to the under that number in the last twenty five games. And AJ Brown, not the yards, but the receptions. It's five and a half. The under has moved from minus 125 to minus 140. He's 51 and 18 under five and a half catches in his career. And then you look at these numbers here with Kirk Cousins. Well, the um, overall numbers with Cousins, Hurts, touchdown passes for Cousins, one and a half. The yards is 264 and a half. If they can't run the ball tonight and they fall behind. Mm -hmm. I don't think they will be. I, I, Madison's 49 and a half. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be a great game on the ground for the Vikings either. Yep, couldn't run it last week. And, and Cousins did throw for 340 plus, and he almost had 300 at halftime.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Problem was, he only had three possessions in the entire second half. But Jefferson's 92 and a half. I would not play that over. I would maybe look at any time. Touchdown for him instead. And uh, Hawkinson, who you brought up, is four and a half, and And then eight, uh, 48 and a half.
5: Both tight ends over. How about Addison? Yeah, made an impact right away in week yep, one. Yep, rave reviews so far. People think he's a player, going to be a star. He can't He get 40 yards on one catch. Oh, a lot of people like the draft pick. Yes. Thought he was going to be a great compliment to uh, Jefferson. All right, see what Charge thinks coming up too. I'm uh, interested to see what he thinks on this from a prop standpoint and the season. Because yep. you're, you're right, they lose this one. And look out, what's coming up. I mean, to start 0-2 now. And...
3: Oh, I, I can see, like, I can see the locker room going sideways for this team early on in the season. Up next, professional sports better Brad Powers is going to join the show. How much stock, if any, does he put into look ahead or let down spots? We'll ask him coming up on Follow the Money. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Nobody knows football like VEASAN. Now's the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for college and pro games every week. Picks page recaps all the best bets from every host and guest throughout the day in one convenient place. That's awesome. For Brad Powers coming up, Nigel Seeley. Check out the leaderboard to see who has the hot hand and the betting splits. updated with DraftKings Betting Dad every five minutes. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Become part of the team in the Sports Betting Network.
3: College football here as professional sports better Brad Powers joins the program. His website is bradpowersports.com. He's on Twitter. Great follow at Brad Powers 7. Good morning, Brad. Thanks for the time. As always, I want to begin by asking you this. How much stock, and I know we go over this every single year, but there's always new people into betting um, and different angles obviously pop up. How much stock do you put into letdown games such as Texas against Wyoming this week after the big win against Alabama on the road last week? or look-ahead spots for a team like Colorado with Oregon looming next week or Notre Dame on Saturday as they play Ohio State a week from now?
6: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, You know, I'm going to have probably a boring answer, but as I continue to progress in the industry, I get older, uh, they mean less to me. I mean, obviously, you know, it's something maybe to consider, but always first and foremost for me, what's the number? So if it's close to the number, uh, you know, or, or my numbers already calling to bet, like say, you know, fade Texas off the big win. And then you have, you know, the possible motivational lack of motivation, then certainly it could play a factor. But more and more, I, I can't get in the minds of these 20 year olds as I get older. I mean, we're, we're two generations apart almost at this point. So um, no, it doesn't really play a factor for me. And I mean, just a let's go game specific. Uh, my number's actually called to bet Texas, so I bet Texas this week. And I actually, you know, my number's still called to play Alabama, so I actually laid a big number with Alabama, too, this week.
5: All right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you you laid seven in March, incredible, with Washington against Michigan State. Now what do you want to do, and where do you think the number goes here with how, Washington, how well Washington's played to start the season and the Tucker issues?
6: Yeah, so, I mean— I got a big power ratings disparity in this game. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, I'm too low or too high on a specific team, but th- that hasn't been the case with these two teams so far this season. I think my power rating said play both on Michigan State and Washington in week, on and, uh, in week one, and then last week uh, it said to play against both teams. So I haven't been overly high or overly low on either team. And yet somehow I have a three and a half, four point power ratings disparity this week between the line. And well, why is that? Did, did I not adjust it? team's performances in week two accordingly. I don't think that's the case. Both teams played pretty much to expectation against Tulsa and Richmond. So where is it? Where can the mispricing be? Well, I think people have overreacted to the Mel Tucker news, quite frankly. I don't think much of Mel Tucker. So mm, yeah. I actually think it might be a positive that the guy's not there, to be honest with you. that, that That's how uh, I don't think much of him at all. I you got to talk. A, this is where I do think history might come into play as a program. Historically, Michigan State, though it doesn't matter the coach. They have a perennial chip on their shoulder. These are the types of games where they step up when everybody throws them in the trash. Uh, I, I, I like Michigan State at the current number. But let's go ahead and wait and see if the negativity continues on game day and see if we can get a 17. But Michigan State certainly will be in my pocket when the week is all said and done.
5: Does it factor in how well the Pac-12 is playing this year and crushing at non-conference?
6: That's a good question. Uh, yeah, certainly it should. I mean, I've upgraded almost every team in the conference for the most part, with the exception of maybe Arizona State. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's almost like bowl season. When, when you see those first data points coming in and, and a conference is overachieving expectations significantly, then, then you tend to you know gravitate towards that conference. But it's, it's always going to come down to this, guys. What is my individual power rating on the game? Uh, you know, I, I don't try to overthink things. I've I've gotten paralyzed by overanalyzing in the past. OK,
3: yeah. How much did you bump up Colorado after their second game? <laughs> and at the same time, did you, did you actually bump Nebraska down even more?
6: Yeah, good question. So, I mean, you guys said, I don't think you could, you know, Paul Stone and some others have really upgraded Colorado. Uh, You think you've upgraded them a lot, but other people have upgraded them more. And, you know, kudos to those guys. They were right. I was wrong in terms of the Nebraska-Colorado game. I upgraded Colorado significantly again, another five points. So 11 points since the start of the season, 22 points since the end of last season. I mean, historical number. I've never upgraded a team three touchdowns at this point in the season uh, for, for, from where they were the, the year prior. Uh, but my gut is telling me, and this isn't being negative against Colorado, it's just my gut is telling me it's too much, to be honest with you, especially when you start looking at some underlying stats. You look at 12 sacks allowed uh, yeah. by Colorado. Right. You look at the, look at the rushing stats. We are talking about a Colorado team that is negative 4.5 yards per carry. Just a simple stat, rushing yards per carry, mm-hmm. negative 4.5. That is not, that's not bad football. That That's like bottom 10 in the country football. That's what that says. So we'll see what happens. Not this week, because I think Colorado State's a good matchup for Colorado. Uh, personnel, you know, scheme-wise, uh, it's very similar to Colorado State-Washington State game. If you watch that one, Oof. Yeah. Washington State, you yeah, had running open receivers all over the field. I think that's similar to, to Saturday night. But I think come next week, Oregon and USC Uh, we'll, we'll see how, just how good this Colorado team is. I I got a funny feeling by, by, by the end of the month, uh, 22 point upgrade is going to be, we're going to say, yeah, that was a little too high.
3: Yeah. It'll correct itself probably a little bit now for people wanting to bet this game and looking to bet the dog here. Do you think this continues to go up? Will it be 24? Will it be a 24 and a half? You think at some point?
6: Possibly, yeah, because I'm going to tell you, guys like myself are probably going to be a little cautious. Weren't cautious last week, weren't afraid to take Nebraska. You saw it, you know, come on, even with all the overwhelming public money. I mean, it was very tough to, to get that back to three, even on game day, where guys like myself wanted the three, wanted the three and a half. And whatnot. I don't know if there's that much resistance this week with uh, you know Colorado State. Again, it's a, not a good matchup. But uh, mm. so what you're going to see on Saturday, public money. It's the story. They're on like what four different pregame shows, sixty minutes, yeah. Fox, ESPN. <laughs> everybody's there. So all the hype and hoopla. It's a late game. Uh, you're going to play. It's the bailout game. Yeah, uh, right. You know, what <laughs> are they going to bet? They're going to bet Colorado. So yeah, wait. If you're looking to bet Colorado State, you need to wait.
5: Follow the money, Paul and Mitch in the Sports Betting Network. Brad Powers, our guest. Brad Powers, 7 on Twitter, bradpowersports.com as well. How about share your tweet about Florida and Tennessee?
6: Yeah, so, I mean, when I saw Tennessee favored by, you know, a touchdown on the road at Florida, immediately I thought, wow, when's that happened? I, I can't recall, and I'm, per, you know, I like to think of myself as a decent historian of college football. So I went back to 1976. That's as far back as I can find ATS logs. Uh, on teams, and they've never been this big of a favorite in Florida. In fact, they've been, they've rarely ever been a favorite in Florida. In fact, the only two instances where I could find it close, uh, they were a pick 'em uh, one season in 2015. They lost the game outright, and then they were a one point favorite uh, all the way back in 1994 and lost that game. So uh, that this is <laughs> they don't have a good track record uh, of you know as, as far as this price goes uh, of going to Gainesville and having success. Now, does that mean anything to this year's game? No uh but I like history. It's an historical k- k- kind of outlier. But I will say this uh I am concerned about what I've seen from Tennessee offensively. They are inconsistent. kind of what we kind of expected going mm-hmm. from you know Hendon Hooker to Joe Milton. He'll give you the wild throws but on a possession in and possession out basis, I don't see the consistency. So I still I do lean with Florida in this matchup. I prefer the under though. Don't like the Tennessee offense. I've upgraded their defense. I think Florida's defense is okay. Uh, their offense, not so much. So we got all four factors saying under for me.
3: How much have you downgraded Ohio state and maybe Georgia? And, uh, with that said, what do you make of the Ohio state number this week?
6: Downgrade the Buckeyes, three points, um, I think that's kind of conservative because my, my numbers are saying play on them this week significantly. And I did bet the Buckeyes against Western Kentucky. It's kind of scary laying that kind of number when the offense can't score. But, uh, you know, Western Kentucky's been outgained in both games. So I think they're kind of a fraudulent team. So it was kind of more of a play against Western Kentucky. So three-point downgrade for Ohio State, a little bit less of a downgrade for Georgia, about a point and a half. They look like they're sleepwalking. Uh, we'll see. that. I'll get a good handle on, on how good Georgia is or how big of a step back I, that they have taken this week against South Carolina. I think they should bury South Carolina when you look at the matchup. Yep.
3: No, that's that's an angle that I can get on board with, and I saw that on Twitter as well, that Georgia could be sleepwalking. When you put yourself in the shoes of the kids that are, that are there going for a three-peat with their schedule, they've been the big men on campus now for 24 months. I mean, it's definitely gotten to their yep. heads
6: yeah I mean look look at I if you're really I'm not sure how many people watched uh, them play UT Martin or Ball State but their best player so far has been like a walk-on kid Mackay Muse he was actually their best player in the spring game he's playing with the, his hair on fire I just want to see the energy that, from from the rest of the roster I'm just wondering if conference play starts they wake up a little bit yeah, this week
3: right right makes a lot of sense uh, again you can follow Brad on Twitter he's at Brad Power 7 the website is bradpowersports.com we love talking to you man good luck this week
6: Hey, thanks for having me, guys.
3: Yep, there you go, professional sure. sports better Brad Powers. Uh, yeah, his number said Texas two shorts so where he bet them. Also bet Ohio State. Said he's going to wait for seventeen on Michigan State. I'm betting Michigan State if that number gets to seventeen as well. And then uh, another one was was it, Kansas, Tennessee under. Yeah, Tennessee under. Sorry. Yep. 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 There you go. No, oh, he's got uh, Nevada. I'm sorry, he's got
5: Nevada. Might be the with worst, the Kansas. probably the worst card of the season this week. Yeah, probably. But next week is phenomenal, right? How about Dave? Blaming the clock for their issues offensively. Well, when it's not going well, <laughs> get out of the way. Okay. <laughs> Got to come up with a bunch of excuses. Uh, I like
3: the idea of more teams making trades during the season in the NFL. This one would be juicy, and we're not talking about the Jets.
6: Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today.
2: This is Follow the Money on VSEN.
5: It's back tonight, week two, pretty good game. Eagles, Vikings, we have you covered at DraftKings, official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football, get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Getting on the Week 2 action with DraftKings. Download the app now. Use code FOLLOW. Code FOLLOW to sign up only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Get $200 instantly in bonus bets. The crown is yours at DraftKings.
3: Uh, I'm intrigued by tonight's game. Not bad, yeah. I think it's stronger than pretty good. Yeah,
5: yeah, that's fair. And certainly if the Vikings lose, they're in a world of
3: hurt. Yep, yep, I would agree with that. 0-2, don't want to start that way. Uh, What if the Chiefs go 0-2?
5: That hasn't happened since 2001. I was not aware of that. Uh, the, Super Bowl winning the Super team? Super Bowl winning team. right? You yeah. have the loser angle with the Eagles. All right, here's what uh, I want. It affects yeah. everyone seemingly other than Brady and the Patriots, but it's certain, certainly uh, I know it was one game, but they struggled against New England. The only reason they won turnovers in Elliott, which uh, that's another prop too. How about over 46.5 longest field goal? Yeah. So okay. it was awesome in that game. If the Chiefs were to lose
3: on Sunday, do you know what the national reaction is going to be? I saw it after they lost yeah, against the Lions. There control. were two headlines in the it's,
5: four-letter network saying the dynasty is well, the dynasty over. The problem is these producers, the crap they come up with, and what they they serve, and these the, the talent and the on-air personalities. You just got to put your foot down and say no, I'm not doing this. Not talking about. I it. I mean, it goes back to years ago, and, and you know, great job by Jeannie Buss and, and everything they've done with the Lakers. But for years, when the Lakers were awful, it's like you'd have to talk about the Lakers. And I mean, Paul Pierce talked about this Yeah. after he was let go. He's like, I'm not talking about the Lakers again. They're not even making the playoffs. Right. Yes. Stop it. H- hated it. Oh, right, yeah. sure. Yeah. So that's absolutely, it's going to be bad, no doubt. But the other, I will come back and say what happens with the Chargers. I mean, are they still, are both teams 0-2 though as well? So you can't freak out even if they go to Jacksonville and get beat. Well, no, I, in fact, it'd be quite the opposite. I hope the Chiefs go 0-2 because then I'll come back and probably play them to win their division. There you go. You know? Certainly can't get there with Denver and... uh the Raiders. Yeah. I know. You know, big 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 deal. You right. beat Denver, right? Um how about this? According to reports, who the Jets have reached out to and are going to reach out to and call? Minchu. Mm. Briss- no nothing? Mm-hmm. Mm? Yep, better. Henny. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> You like a kid, and I'm offering you food. Yeah, he does like it... an appetizer platter. Foles. Okay. Wentz. Oh God. Rivers. Is that really a report? Yeah. Or is that your report? No, it's not my report. <laughs> what? It's not my report. It's a report. I don't like Rivers. Matty Ice. Oh man. And this I cannot believe. I cannot believe this is this is. If this is true, it's sad. But that you should see the responses to the tweet. Cam Newton. People are like, oh, yeah. Out of all those names, it's like, yeah, Cam, there you go. Sure. Not the a chance. Can't... How bad was he in New England? So and, bad. And, Belichick and, said, get out of here. Then he went to Carolina and he was worse. Right. And,
3: and Newton with oh. the Patriots was what, the pandemic year? Oh, he was so bad. Oh, Suddenly he's going to be better.
5: Throwing the ball, right. Absolutely not. And he's been out of the league, too. I mean, at least I know it was bad last year for Matty Ice, but I could blame the offensive line at least. Sure. I mean, he's the—I'd take Wentz over yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah, I probably—oh, boy. That's a, mm, that's a coin flip. I would actually—on uh, that—I I am concerned about Rivers can't move the offensive line. He's been out of the league. Yeah. I like Brissette. I, I really got there. A lot of people yep. changed my mind. I really, because Brissette had good numbers when he was in there and he, he's mobile. Yep. I think Brissette might actually be
3: on that list, the number one guy for me. I'd be okay with that. How many of those guys would be... I would take
5: I would take Chad Heading over Zach Wilson, though.
3: I was going to say, like, how many of those guys are upgrades over Zach That's Wilson? That's right. That's right. Yep. Um, I don't think all of them are. I don't, I don't, is Cam Newton an upgrade over Zach Wilson right now? I don't know. I'd rather have Zach Wilson. I probably would too. Yep. And he's probably,
5: Newton's I, probably not the only guy in on the list where I would say that. I also, uh, it, it's, I'm asking maybe for too much with Buddy Hackett, but I would, I, I need to have a, a wildcat package with Hall. I think that they should put that into mm. and mm. get ready for something like that. Okay. Now, this is the juicy
3: one, though, yep. that I talked about before the break. Rumors out there about the Ravens picking up the phone and calling the Colts about Jonathan Taylor. Giddy up! Now, are we talking here? We are talking. Now, I don't it's hate great. their. I don't hate their backups. I think Hill is going to be okay. I think Edwards, as long as he stays healthy, can be okay. But Taylor is what top no. five running back in the
5: league. We're I, talking. I, I, I don't like the. I'm not there with the other two backs. It's it's perfect. You have a big name that's available. He can be your future back. He can really help the offense in the running game. And because you just lost Dobbins, so I think I think it's perfect and it's a win-win. And, and now you got good news on Humphrey, but you keep losing people on the defense as oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think that this would be awesome if they can get uh, some deal, a deal done here. Yeah, for but the, and the NFL needs more of these trades to happen.
3: Oh, I, I have never understood, going right. back 20 years, why teams are so careful with their picks when they whiff on them all the time. And they're unwilling to give up. Even like a second or a third round pick. Oh, they're too valuable. The system tells me I can't give it up for a proven player who's still young. Why can you not do that? There's a good chance, There's a 50% chance you're going to swing and miss on your draft pick anyway. This dude that you're
5: talking about can play. It's always absolute madness with the uh, with NBA trades at the deadline and also oh. Major League Baseball. It's a, you can't get much done with the NFL. Yeah, but I, I, I'd love to see. I'd love to see a big trade or two happen. Yeah, in the meantime, with all of those
3: injuries to the Ravens secondary and on the offensive line, boy, don't you think Burrow's going to have a huge bounce back this week? Not only maybe looking towards the Bengals' way here, but I'm talking more about the over in the game where that offensive performance, people are going to remember that from week one and say, oh boy, something's wrong here with the Bengals and maybe it'll take one more week. They are notorious um, in terms of uh, being sl- notoriously slow starting mm-hmm. out of the gates. Yep. So if it, t- if it took that one week and now this week everything goes well in practice and the Ravens' secondary, they're banged up across the board and that's not the only part. Po- I just think that we might get you know, plenty of points in that game between these two offenses. All right. And one where if Jackson doesn't have the two guys on the offensive line, he's going to be running a lot more, e- even more than he already does. I hey, didn't like hey, the way Jackson looked last week.
5: Hey, so, he was rusty. It's
3: okay. Yeah, no, I know. It'll I know. it will be fine. I, it's going to take... That's got the new that's offense, a thing, by the way. Did, did you see this now? Going back to like... I think the last decade
5: unders in week one have been great. Of course. They were superb.
0: Uh, I, really the would, I really
5: think guys should rethink not playing these guys in the preseason. I do too. With only three games? That's right. I think I, you have to go out there and get the guy in there for a half at least. Yep. You just saw how much all these guys struggled that didn't uh, play at all and how bad it was early on. Um, does Taylor ever play with the Colts again? I'm going to... What's the price now? Well, here's the
3: thing. that com- Does it not come down to the next couple of weeks? Yep. Because the pup list runs out it does
5: after four weeks. So then what they have to trade him by you mm. know, soon thereafter. Right. I have updated numbers here on first quarterback to be benched. Tannehill, your favorite five to one. That makes a lot of sense. Wilson, seven to one. Howell Ooh. eight to one. Ooh, I could maybe they're mm. gonna give him some rope though. He didn't play well, but they're gonna give him some rope. Yeah. And if the I like the Broncos, the more I think about it. if they can't win that game Sunday, and they're going to lose again at home to Washington, and how Howell looked, oh boy. Richardson nine to one, no, I think they're no, no. plenty of time. Stroud nine to one, no, nope. plenty of time. Mm, I could see Stroud. I could see that one. Ritter is twenty to one. No, this is only because of poor play, right? This yeah, is non-injury, non-injury, non-injury related. Yep. yep. Ritter's twenty to one still. Oh, that, he went down. How did he go down?
3: He was it, terrible. Yeah, that might be cooking there a little bit. I know he was fifteen
5: of eighteen, but that's it. That's all the guy's going to give you. It has all the makings. You lose a tight, low-scoring game to Green Bay. The coach is on the hot seat. Heineke's sitting there. He's won games in this league.
3: Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think it's going to be by week three. But you could you could pull right. you know twist my arm by like week five. Mac Jones twelve to one. Uh, I don't think so. I, I'm I'm okay with Mac. I think I th- Dave Culkin, tweeted, stinks. He said stinks. He tweeted. Oh, I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's I all mean, aggressive. I, I think you look at last year and throw it away. That was a bad job by Belichick giving the reins to a Matt Patricia. Yeah, as the OC, Mac Jones. Mac Jones almost won Rookie of the Year the year before. There's got You got to put some stock into that. Hmm.
5: Good list. Interesting. Who would you bet on? A uh, Ritter. Again, I said it when we we talked about it before the season started. Uh, You got to look at Ritter. Well, I know he's the chalk, but the Tannehill also. I I think he should be the chalk. If you can't move the ball or there's more turnovers against the Chargers who are decimated by injury, then it's like, okay, we might as well put Willis in. I actually,
3: yeah, I I, I think the Titans are actually pretty good. I think they got talent. I like him as a coach a lot. He's a good coach. If you replace Tannehill with a guy that's, I don't know, top 12 in the league, that team would be a threat. They'd be a, a playoff team maybe, you know, to win that division over Jacksonville, that, that guy's the weakest link of the team. He also paid Hopkins. You know, he's going to be... Oh,
5: he's you'll chirping. He'll be, be chirping.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like I, looked, I looked on? at Henry in that game. Henry looked totally fine to me. Uh-huh. He looked like the, they're, they're, they're going to split carries a little bit more this year for him. The offensive line will be the concern. But defensively, the secondary, shaky. Defensive line, though, front seven, fine. Mike Palm's going to join us in studio coming up next. He is the VP of Circa Resort and Casino. They take $100,000 bets on NFL sides later in the week. How much of that would he consider respected money? We'll ask him coming up here on v
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80.